take his anointing lightly. He is an actor. He is an entertainer. He is a writer. He writes for some of the greatest gospel artists that you guys celebrate all the time, guys like Dietrich Haddon and Ty Trebet. He is a host of the Gospel Explosion on BET, also the host of his own show, Now Living on uh, TBN Network as well. Pastors his own church called uh, Church of the Now in Hollywood, Florida. He is, I can go on and on. He is my brother from another mother. I'm telling you, we be in, we are like oftentimes in the same wavelength as far as life is concerned, as faith is concerned. And I appreciate his presence. I don't just like him. I love him and I honor him and I honor who God has created him and called him to be in this hour for the kingdom and for the body of Christ. He, and I can go on and on and on. But will you put your hands together and give God a hand praise as he comes to the stage. Our brother and our friend, Pastor Javen Campbell. Will you make some noise for him, City of Hope? Pastor Javen. Come on. Come on. You can do better than that, Pastor Javen. Amen. You all can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to preach to you in a really... Uh, non-traditional uh, way, we will share the gospel together and uh, in some kind of way through his testimony, I pray that your life be lifted. Remember, we're moving into the month of faith where we're going to be teaching and preaching about faith, uh, activating, pulling, and challenging your faith. So uh, let's start out. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Let's get some water. I caught you mid Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing good. You know, it's always a uh, privilege to be here with you, city. I consider this uh, uh, a second home for me, or home for me, I should say, um, and it's always a privilege. So for those of you that just started coming to the church, welcome uh, to the Amen. church. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 don't have, we don't have a whole lot of time we wanna, because I want to give you a chance to minister to us. But I, I want to jump in because I know your story a tad bit. I want them to grab your story. Your preacher's son, he's a PK. Uh, from the Church of God, so you um, uh, grew up in church your whole life. You understand the uh, both sides of the fence as it was church, um, and you are the youngest of thirteen <laughs> children. Please come on, tell us a little bit about growing up. Well, you know, when you grow up in a preacher's home, uh, everything is church. So uh, you know, we—I was telling the first service. Uh, now we won't do this today, but when I grew up, you stayed in church all day. Uh, come on, give me a hey right there. <laughs> so don't get scared. We're not going to be here all day. But 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, uh, and then once you stayed in church till 4 o'clock, you came back at 6.30 for a night service. And then after that, uh, Monday, you do prayer meeting on Monday. You do choir rehearsal on Tuesday. Wednesday was mid midweek. Thursday was yeah. family train training hour. We called that Friday was youth night. Saturday, we was always washing cars or selling chicken dinners. Come on for <laughs> Pay the bills and then do it back on Sunday. Now, now hold on a second. That's Church of God. If you was Church of God in Christ, <laughs> we switched Wednesday and Tuesday. We had Bible study on Tuesday. It was called YPW. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, it's all it's all church, and it's unfortunate, or it's fortunate that you get a chance to experience yeah. uh, the Word of God and the, you experience the things of God, but you all also can be kind of disillusioned about the success of what God wants for you to have on this side of heaven. And that's the thing I think that city is challenged with and churches like city and churches like my church, the now church, is how to get people to understand that the spirit of God that's inside of you is for the life that you are to live now. Everybody say now. Now. You know, back in my day, people preached about heaven. 
you know, I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Going to get the mansion and glory, walk the streets of gold, homeland of my soul, that kind of thing. And all that's good. We, we thank God for eternal uh, life and glory. But the grace of God is really for us to be able to, uh, act, the grace of God is really for us to be able to access favor, blessings, and empowerment. Will you say that with me? Favor, <laughs> blessings, and empowerment. Now, I'm looking at you. Some of you are not moving with your mouth, okay? Let's try again. Come on. Favor, <laughs> blessings, and empowerment. I say it one more time because I want you to get that in your spirit because that's what the power of God is about. It's about favor, blessings, and empowerment. So when we get the spirit of God, it gives us an opportunity to actually be able to live more successful mm -hmm. than people, to be honest with you, that don't have it. So let me ask this. While you're growing up, <clears throat> uh, do you ever see yourself operating outside of the context of, of traditional church? Uh, being a PK, many of your siblings, I'm sure, were a part of, you know, the choir or the inner workings of church, et cetera. Could you ever see yourself moving outside of, of church? Yeah. I actually tried to. I'm actually shocked that I'm in ministry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Y'all not, but I am. I actually uh, did my best to uh, run from the ideology of working in ministry and being a pastor. And, uh, and it's, you know, I guess I would say I probably felt that way because of the challenges that I saw my dad go through in ministry. And as a result of that, I, you know, went to college and got my degree in psychology, got psychology, got my degree in, uh, family, uh, uh, counseling. And, um, it's funny how, here's what I want to say about that. It's funny how you can run, but you can't hide. So there are some people in here listening to me today that you are, yeah, you might be working in a secular field and you might be doing some things, but there's still a call of God on your life. And that no matter how many, you, you, you may go all the way out and about and do all kinds of stuff. That might include uh, the, you know, drug addiction. That might include alcoholism. That might include, uh, you know, some other stuff I ain't going to say. But regardless of what it is, you, when you get through with all of that, God will still stand there and say, I'm waiting on you. Mm -hmm. And I need you. And I want you to come on home and do what God has called you to do. And so in spite of all of the trying to go out there and, and do all that stuff, it still led me back home. But I do want to say when I did begin to allow God to use me in ministry, he then took me to the world. Mm. So sometimes when I think when you walk in the grace of God, it, 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 you know, you think you're going to lose uh, when you come to God. But Christi real Christianity, real discipleship with, with the Holy Spirit, it's not about losing anything. It's actually about gaining. Right. You actually will increase. And there's actually more you can do with the power of the Holy Spirit, I think, than without it. So it's an interesting dynamic that particularly when God has a call on your life that he can use church or use your faith premise as the foundation to springboard you into all the stuff you always saw yourself doing. Because life is hard. Yeah. There's not a person in here that doesn't have a, a hard time at some point in their life. Come on, give me a hey right there. Hey. Come on, don't leave me out there by myself. Give me a hey. hey. Yeah, we, we, we dress up nice and we're looking the part. We're acting politically correct. But some of, some of us are going through hell right now. Mm -hmm. Some of us are facing mm -hmm. some things that we don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know if the marriage is going to last. We don't know if we're going to find somebody that we can get along with long enough to want to hang out with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. We don't know if the money is going to add up. So life throws all types of things at you. You can actually do everything right and still get it wrong. You can raise your kids right and they still can turn out rough. I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes in life, there are so many things that are coming at you left and right. Faith is the thing that grounds you. 
Faith is the thing that gives you access to the favor of God, the blessings of God, the empowerment of God that we talked about. You can't get the grace of God without faith. Right. That's good. So, Because you got to first know that it exists. you got to first, uh, the Bible says you can't come to God without first believing that he is. Mm -hmm. And so there are people that are still looking and thinking that they can, they, if they find the right man, it's going to all work out. If they find the right woman, it's all going to work out. If I just get a bigger house, it's going to all work out. If I get a bigger car, it's going to all work out. You'll, you'll get the car, you'll get the house, and after a few weeks. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You'll find that there's still a void, and that's because there are still things in you that only God can fulfill. Right. There's no job, house, or money that can ever fulfill the spiritual void that's in your life, and the only way you get it is through faith. I, I want to I build a platform first to make sure that everybody, in, in many regards, just see that you're just like the rest of us. Um, uh, if, if and we're going to talk about his CDs here that he has, the, the books that he's written, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a chance to toot all that stuff. But there's something about you that I think that's so special because you're so regular in that regard. Like it's a special quality on you. And, but you, you probably were that kid that everybody said, man, there's something different about you. Even though you fit in all the spaces, it was something. How did you internalize that? Uh, and I'll give you my example. Like in so many ways... It wasn't that I didn't want to do ministry. I just had a lot of other things that I felt like I could do, that I was good at doing. I felt like I could make more money doing or I could add to the world in a different way. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do ministry. It wasn't that I didn't want to be, I just wanted to be saved. I knew I wanted to go home to, with Jesus, but I didn't want to be but, working but, for Jesus. All right, so, let me jump in and then you finish your so question. So you help me understand. All right. All right. I got to remember your question when you asked me again. Okay. So, so, so bring it back around to the question. But I do want to say something about what you just said. I think the reason why you are a pastor is because you didn't want to be. One of the things that yeah. God will do, the Bible says he that humbles himself, God will exalt. And you'll a lot of times find out that real men of God or real leaders or real pastors are people that are not trying to be seen, yeah. not trying to manipulate yeah. folks, not trying to yeah. be authoritative. Yeah. But if anything, like I didn't want to be in ministry, but I did want to be in church. I did want to come like many of you, like the folks that, not y'all in the back right now, but, <laughs> but I did want to be them, one of those people that were able to, you know, pay my tithe, pray, you know, sing the songs, slip out in the back. I didn't want to be responsible for the anointing. How does that, that's, that's it, that's, that's it. How, how does that work? Because you were good at stuff before you, <laughs> you were good at other things before you started, uh, you know, in the ministry, you were, you were writing music, you were doing uh, artists, you were working for artists, artist development for secular and uh, Christian artists, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you take me out one day and you say, hey man, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what? I'm going to be a pastor. What? From the guy that didn't yeah. want it. Well, well, I think, you know, here again, um, I think, let's go back to what you were talking about earlier. I, the reason why I find myself to be when you grow up in church, you can play the, uh, I like to call the religious role. You know, I could have came up here and act all sanctified and all that kind of stuff, spoke real deep and put a ha at the end of everything I said. But you kind of, you know, when, you, when you've seen people do all that and still be mean as a dog. Yeah. When you've yeah. seen people do that and still be, you know, yes. doing some of the same stuff. Yes. yes. Fill in the blank. You then go, okay, if I've got to do this, I've got to be me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to encourage somebody uh, here today. This is a different way of teaching. I want to encourage you and help you understand 
that we may have a problem with you, but God doesn't. Amen. We may have an issue with your style, but God doesn't. We may think that you done came to this altar one time too many for that same problem, but God doesn't. See? And many times we feel we, we are, many of us are, are looking to God based on the opinions of other people. Right. And God is not your friends. God is not your ex. God is not the folks that hurt you in the yeah. church. God is not yeah. the pastor that let you down. God is not the economic system that, didn't, that doesn't seem like it wants to give you a chance. God is not the fact that you were born in the wrong family on the wrong side of the fence or whatever. God is the God that's the still small voice inside of you that's saying in spite of. Yeah. He's an in spite of God. No matter what the situation or the circumstance is, you have a dream, you have a destiny. It should be fulfilled, but it it all starts with you being okay with the fact that God is okay with where you're at. Yeah. That's what faith is. Faith is saying God is okay with, I don't want to be where I'm at. I wouldn't have wanted to be in some of the, some of the stuff that I had to go through to get here. Mm -hmm. But God was okay with it. Somebody thinks, somebody in heaven thinks you got what it takes to make it. Wow. That's it. Somebody in heaven thinks, you think I can't deal with this. You think this is too much. And somebody in heaven is saying, you know what? Not only can you make it, but you can take it. And not only can you take it, you're supposed to go through it. Because the fact that you're going through it is going to give you the process necessary in order for you to obtain the promise so that when you get it, you can actually handle it. Come on, Reverend. L let me ask this. Let me pull that. <laughs> um, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. The, one of the reasons why I ask you to to go this route is because we have so many professional people in this room. We have um, entertainers, we have teachers, we have professors, we have men and women that they, they are just kicking tail out in the real world with real callings on their lives in a very, very interesting way. Um, so working through sometimes the natural, what I can give to the natural world versus what God is also asking me to give spiritually, how did you find synergy in your ministry and the things that you did outside of the church? Yeah. I think it's all about finding, everybody say find a need. Find a need. And meet it. Come on, say it again. Say find a need. Find a need. And meet it. The, the challenge with uh, spirit-filled Christian folks sometimes is we always, we, we, uh, let me just say it the way it comes to me. Now, I apologize if I offend you. But we play the victim a lot. We come to the altar, altar as a victim. The worship songs, if the songs don't hit us in our victimization, then we feel like the song didn't touch me. Right. If the pastor don't preach to my victim issues, then I feel like the, the message, you know, wasn't for me. What if you actually walked in here and knew who you were in God? What, what if you actually knew the power of God that was on the inside of you and the only thing you did was just confirm whatever Pastor Terrell said? The only thing you did was amen whatever the, the psalmists were singing. The Bible says the angels uh, uh, surround the throne and they just sing holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Now, they're not saying that to God. Guess who they're saying that to? To one another. Wow. They're just confirmed. The Bible says speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That means when you walk into a place, you support... Actually, when... <laughs> Trying go to have a master class. Go for it. Go for it. When you walk into the, a real house of God with real worshipers, actually the energy should go to a whole new level just because two worshipers walked in together. And, the, and we're confirming what we know is going to happen. And that is, this is getting ready to be a bona fide supernatural experience. See, when you begin to recognize who you are right. and whose you are, then you begin to see the needs out in the world. And you say, there's nothing I cannot do. There's no business I cannot start. Yeah. There's no program yeah. I cannot put together that will help solve some of the issues in the program. But if the church keep acting like a victim... <laughs> 
Messing me up, man. He had me preaching at 8 o'clock and then make me sit down at, at 10. This is messing me up. Getting confused here. But if the church begins to recognize that we have it. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. Come on, prime your preacher voice. Say, I got it. No, I mean serious. Don't say it because I say it. Say it because you really understand that the gift of God is inside of you. Come on, say, I got it. When you recognize you got it, then you begin to see how many don't have it. And that gives you the opportunity or the thirst or the desire to say, I got to help this community. I got to launch this business. That's good. When you realize that you do have it, then that's when you really find your ministry. When you realize you do have it, then your ministry becomes all of those people that you see that don't have it. That's powerful, right? And, 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 and that wow. is the beauty about being an original. You know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, and Kenny is here. You know, he does music uh, professionally. He's done it better than uh, anybody. He's, it, it, he's in that, starting to get to that legend uh, uh, stage. He, he'll tell you, you know, the worst thing you could do is come and start doing music like Kenny Lattimore. We already buying his albums. We ain't going to buy yours because we already got Kenny. And I think that's what we do in the church sometimes. We, the, the religion will institutionalize you. Yes. It will. Uh, yes. Oh, God, help yes. us today. It abounds yes. you. And that's why you got to be careful with religion because it'll, it'll, it'll kind of dumb you down to where you almost forget who you are. But God doesn't need you to be bishop so-and-so. We already got bishop so-and-so. God doesn't need you to be deacon so-and-so. We already got him. You don't need to be sister this, sister nothing. All you got to be is what God has called you to be. And walk in that. Now, many times we don't like to do this because there is fear. Right. Fear that what and who I am is incomplete or it's, it's not all the way together or I don't quite understand myself yet. But that's why Paul tells us in Philippians 1 and 6 that he which has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So you need to understand that you are not being completed as you go from day to day that, that you are already completed that purpose is not yeah. something that you actually draw up from day to day or that you make up from the day day to day purpose is something that you actually discover mm. but you can't discover it acting like somebody else you can't discover it hiding behind somebody else you can't discover it hiding behind the praise team or the worship team or your hallelujah or your praise the lord no you say hallelujah praise the lord and then you walk out your purpose amen and you will find that there are some extraordinary things for you. And that's why you don't, op- that's why the Bible says we don't walk by fear. We walk by we faith. Walk by faith. So, yeah, you can give God a hand praise on that. Faith was an integral part of your journey, not just because you're born again, but being the uh, 12th of 13 <laughs> and growing up in a, in a Christian home was highly, uh, that was really into the preaching ministry yeah. of the world. They were teachers, law enforcement agency, all these people in your family, a, a litany of men and women that served community that way. And here you come along Think saying, I want to be a singer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi, work, work, talk us through that, that journey. Okay, so that's a good story. I'll tell you a, a quick story. First off, I got the opportunity to go to uh, a college in Tennessee. I, I wasn't planning on, uh, I didn't know how I was going to get to school. That's a faith walk all by itself. I didn't have no money. I didn't have the grades. Don't judge me. Some of y'all barely slid, slid oh, through. Hold on. T- tell that story about going into the, um, uh, the tuition going, office. The tuition office. Tell, oh. tell that story. We, remember, we're talking about faith. Tell that story going into the tuition okay, office. Okay, first off, I'll tell you, I was a teenage father. So that's the, that's the first thing. I was, a, I was a preacher's kid that had totally embarrassed my family 
totally embarrassed my father being the preacher's kid, the, the son of a preacher, and at 17 years old, bringing the child into the world. And, and that's the thing I want to just say to all our young people out there. You know, when your parents tell you uh, stay out of certain places and certain situations, you got to understand that you can't get away with some of the stuff that other people can get away with. That's right. And you'll find yourself in a whole lot more trouble than you need to. So I made a huge mistake in my life and had it so embarrassed my family and so disappointed my father. I thought my life was absolutely over. And that's why I'm glad that I'm in the season that I'm in, that I can talk straight up. See, so I could tell by the way some of y'all were even looking at me at first that you don't want me to be real. But I'm going to be real. I don't care how you look at me. And I don't care if you say amen or not because that's where it has to get to. We have to get to a place where we stop putting pressure on people where they can't be honest, where we can't come to the altar and just say, I need, I've been here... A thousand years, but I don't feel God right now. Sometimes you don't feel God. Sometimes you don't feel like a mighty man of valor or you don't feel like a worshiper. But when you don't feel it, go based on what you know, that God is still here. He's still a healer. All right. So I began to, uh, pre I began to, to, to walk in depression, a very dark season. And, and a friend of mine, uh, my mom, she's the first one. My mom looked me in the face at 17 years old at our kitchen table. My mom is struggling with Alzheimer's now. But I will tell you, Sylvia Campbell, woman of God, looked me in the face at the kitchen table and said, you're still going to fulfill all the dreams uh, that you need to fulfill. She wow. said, let them talk. Let them say what they're going to say. You're going to still fulfill your dreams. That's the first thing that ignite something in me. Be careful of the people that you allow in your life when you're going through tough seasons. That's right. There are some people in your life, I'm telling you right now, they're good for a comfort, but they are going to hold you back. They're going to shut you down, and your life is going to be over. That's the first thing that happened. I then began to pray. I started praying. God says, you're going to go to the school. I end, uh, I, I end up applying for the school. This is May of that year. May, you don't apply for no college in May. <laughs> That's the first problem. Secondly, like I told you earlier, I barely slid through on that graduation. Come on, give me a hey for all the people that slid through. <laughs> your grace. I walked, I walked across and said, your grace and mercy. So, so, so my grades weren't that great. So I didn't think, you know, that was going to happen. So the first miracle took place. They accepted me in the college. I applied for all of the Pell Grants. Back then, you Pell Grants, loans, and all that kind of stuff, right? I did not receive any of any information that I got the money for any of the Pell Grants and the uh, 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 student loans approved. But God told me I was going to go to this school. Faith is about conviction. One of the things that you must understand, everybody has a conviction about what you're believing God for. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know it's going to happen. You ain't got it unless there's a conviction that hits you. The old folks used to say, Terry, until you feel it. Until you get that conviction that I know, that I know, that I know, this is going to be the one, right, this right, is the right. thing. I knew God had called me to that school. So you know what I did? I told my dad, give me a one-way ticket. Some of y'all ain't going to talk to me, but I'm going to talk to you this morning. <laughs> I got a, 17 years old, I got a one-way ticket, went to a school, white school, a 99% white school in Cleveland, Tennessee, in the mountains of Tennessee, my black behind from Miami, Florida, went up in that white school and, and, and got to going in the lines, and I signed up for each one of those classes. As I'm signing for those classes, I'm praying. Come on, somebody, go with me. Come on, go with me to Tennessee right quick. I'm praying, and I'm signing up for these classes. I'm by myself. My parents can't afford to come up there with me. Other children have 
have their parents with them. They have their sisters, their brothers with them. This little black boy is all up there in the mountains by himself, only on a promise, only on a dream, standing only on faith. And my little 17 big old head behind was signing up for those classes. When I got, the last person I had to get to was the, the cashier. She looked at me with them glasses down on her nose. She said, son, how are you going to pay for these classes? I don't see a scholarship. I don't see a Pell Grant. Where is the check? I don't see your parents. I looked that lady in the face. I don't even know how I knew to have that type of faith at that age, but I told her my father was going to pay for these classes. She thought I was talking about my earthly father, but what she didn't realize... Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I'll get him. Bipolar up in here. Be preaching and talking hey, to us. Hey, it's all right. And I, and I, and I, and she said, okay, son. See, this is why you got to get radical about your dreams. This is why you got to get convicted about your faith. Because normal people will start, start reacting, watch this, to your abnormality. The, the, the enemy will begin to bow to the spiritual things and who you are. Many times we bow to the systems of the world, but the systems of the world should be bowing to us. But the reason why it doesn't bow to us is we keep faking and keep falling and keep giving in. When people know you're serious about yeah. what you're believing God for and that you're not going to waver and that you're not going to quit and that you're not going to be spiritual this week and then next week you're going to live like the devil, then people are going to begin to take you serious. That lady took that little 17-year-old uh, black boy serious that day because she can look in my face and in my eyes and believe that what I believe yeah. that is going to get paid for. Mm. She said, I'm going to let you go to classes. She said, but in about 30 days, if we don't see that money, we're going to have to kick you out of that school. I said, God bless you. <laughs> Walked you. out, started you. going to class. I went to the student aid office, Pastor Terrell, every day for 30 days. Yep. Remember Celia in the color purple? Anything come for me? <laughs> Go watch it when you get home. <laughs> I was at that, every day I was asking those people, did anything? It got to the point that when they would see me coming, they would wave me off, Mr. Campbell, and not today, not today. Oh, but about the 35th, almost the 38th day, I walked wow. in there. And when I walked in there, I heard the whole office just go up into an uproar. I said, what's going on in here? They said, Mr. Campbell, there were people that did not show up for their scholarship. There were people that didn't show up for their paragraphs. There was some extra money left over. And they remembered me because I kept on coming back. Wow. And they gave me all... They gave me all of that money. My goodness. That was 17, that's when I was 17 years ago. I remember I walked outside. I looked up to the sky. My eyes began to fill with tears. And I knew at that point, God, you got me. I, may, you, I might have failed you. I might have made some mistakes. I may not know where I'm going. I know nothing about the mountains of Tennessee. I don't know nothing about this college level education. But I know you called me to something greater than what I was. Yeah. And if you will just hold my hand, yeah. there is nothing. Come on. Four years later, four years later, I walked across. Them people loved me so much, they asked me to be the speaker. I spoke at my graduation. Wow. My father did not live to see me walk across that stage, but I dedicated that diploma to him 
to let him know, hey, listen, I might have let you down when I started this thing, but I'm going to make you proud when it's all said and done. Give God a hand praise on that. Give God a hand praise. That blesses my soul every time I hear it. Hallelujah. You, um, you I apologize for keep getting up. No, no, you're fine, sir. You're fine. You're fine. I, um, you go to your family and you tell them, hey, guys, I want to, I'm going to go into music. I'm not going to be law enforcement. I'm not going to be a preacher, pastor. I'm going to music. Talk about that faith journey of, of so, that. So this is a great, this is and, a And let me add to that question. Because you didn't have to go in the face of people you didn't know this time. You had to sit in the face of the people that loved you the most. The people that are familiar with you the yeah. most. Mm-hmm. The people that know all your mistakes and all your failures. And the people that don't, it's not that they don't think you have what it takes. They just see you as Junebug, you know. They just see you as buckwheat, mm. you know. They just see mm. you as pookie them, you know. So they know you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know you. You come up here looking fly, and we could think you a doctor, a lawyer. You know, we think you the president of the bank down the street. But these people know what, <laughs> they know what time it is, and they know you ain't quite got it. All right. I. <laughs> so this is good, right? So remember I told you I was trying to stay away from ministry and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, got my degree in psychology. And to be honest with you, what I thought I was going to do, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, is what I thought I was going to do is I thought I was going to be a TV host. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be like Donahue. See, I'm telling my age now. I thought I was going to be like Oprah them. You know, I wanted to have my own TV show. I wanted to help. (laughs) I wanted to counsel people and do like kind of like what you're doing today, but just about issues and things like that. So I was uh, thinking I was going to do that, but, but I ended up at the school. And somebody, it's, and I ended up getting in the fraternity, and then they have what they call Sadie Hawkins. Now, unless you live, went to a country school or whatever, y'all don't know about Sadie Hawkins. That's, wh- that's, when, they say somebody, that's when the girls ask the guys out on the date and whatnot. So, so at the Sadie Hawkins, uh, the, our, our fraternity had to do, do a rendition of uh, Boys the Men. We come to the end of the road. And I know y'all save and sanctify, so y'all don't know nothing about Boys the Men. <laughs> oh, now we come <laughs> to the end. Oh, y'all gonna leave me out there by my soul. Y'all, 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 y'all stop it. Still stop it. Altar call right now. <laughs> that, come on, that's got some gospel chords to it. It does have some gospel chords. And we all know it. And I, yeah. We're the city. And I started singing. And so I did the lead for uh, uh, End of the Road, Boys to Men. And a manager of a group at the time heard me sing. And he said, uh, I want to put you in my group. He said, I want to pay you. It wasn't a lot of money, but he said, I want to pay you. Uh, uh, to be in our group and his band we we go out on the weekends but he said I'll have you back before classes okay take the job that becomes my job for the four years that I'm in college Mm. so I'm paying for a lot of my I'm paying for a lot of my stuff through my singing stay with me I'm paying that's how I'm getting paid I ain't working Mm -hmm. at McDonald's or nowhere I'm going out singing getting paid but I'm going to to college to get my degree to be a TV host but I'm singing I'm getting paid to sing and that's how I'm getting my money but I'm going to school because I'm going to be a TV host, right, okay? Right, right. I graduate and get my degree. I go back to my family. My family is in education. They're principals. They are, they are um, uh, superintendents. They are captains and, and chiefs. If you ever go to South Florida, I promise you, you get in trouble, call me. I promise you, so I, I got somebody that will get you out of uh, some situation. All right, that's my family. I get home, and I try to start this journey and this path of, of being an educator and all that kind of stuff. And I fell into one of the most depressed seasons of my life. Mm-hmm. I think that's something uh, that is always a key when you're not walking in the will of God. The, 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 the stuff can be around you, but you will feel absolutely empty. 
there's a darkness, there's a heaviness mm -hmm. that comes on. And I think the reason is you're walking against the grain of your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying to do it, but I just kept sinking and I kept sinking uh, and I, I sink hard. It's not until about, I would say, a year into it that I just gave up and said, all right, I'm going to go into uh, music and, and follow my career. When I go to my family to say this, they say, have you lost your mind? There's no pension. There's no insurance. Come on, parents. Y'all know how y'all do. Some of y'all have done this to your kids. Come on. Ain't nobody going to admit to it. <laughs> there's no retirement. You know, there's no plan. What's your plan? What's your fallback plan, right? That's what we all say. And I must tell you that uh, with, with little to nothing and nothing at all, I left my family in Florida, went back to Tennessee with my son, and began the journey of pursuing a music career. Now, I'd love to tell you we went right to the penthouse and we had it going on, but we didn't. I had to share, me and him shared a room. Uh, TJ, TJ's in uh, uh, China now. He speaks three or four languages. He thinks he's better than me, but he's not. Amen. But, <laughs> uh, but he and I shared, you know, the same room. Sometimes I'd sleep on the floor. Sometimes he'd sleep in the bed. And we started this journey um, after pursuing our career, my career in music. And to make a long story short, I end up um, uh, at uh, what uh, was a mega church, became a mega church. And if I said the people's names, you would know them. Um, and then from there, I get my first record yeah. deal. And then from there, it just keeps going and it just keeps going. But I just want to say that when I made the decision, it didn't just turn around. There was a process. Right. There was a process. But here again, I kept going through the process and uh, the rest is history. Wow. So, and what kind of, tell me some of the things that you learned in the process. And maybe I should ask this because I want you to contrast what you learned while you were a mega church lead, lead singer and what you learn while you were sharing the bed with TJ? Contrast those. Okay, what I learned when me and my son had to share uh, the same room and space and all that was to be very excited about where I was going. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something authentic about being excited about your dreams. I made the mistake of letting a lady tell me one time, you got what it takes to make it, and I was shocked. I said back to her, you think I, who, me? I was, that's when I was working at the church. Because mm -hmm. I thought, and that's another thing, good can get you in trouble from great. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Somebody going to get that one on the way home. They could be at home sitting there. You go, ah, I see what he's talking about. Good is actually sometimes worse than bad. Mm -hmm. Because once you reach a certain level, you think this got to be it, right? I got five pairs of shoes. Surely I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, I got a BMW. I mean, surely yeah. that's yeah. the end of life right there, you know, to drive a BMW. You know, I had to reach a certain level. And I've learned to, 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 to keep my eyes excited about what all the things that God uh, wants to do in my life. Let me, let me tell you what happened about, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but let me tell you what happened with the, being a part of the mega church. I... Um, I start working as a worship leader. Now, you got to understand that worship music is hot right now. So everybody got a worship album, you know, and it's cool to be the worship leader and it's fly. And so in my day, you went to, you, that's where you went to retire. You, you, right. If you it couldn't was, make it in the music industry, you went and kind of led music at a church. So I thought it was a demotion and that my dreams and stuff like that to be a professional singer. So I kind of first started working at the church with an attitude. Now, I know that's not y'all, but that was me. Mm -hmm. So I was going through the motion, but I really didn't want to uh, be there and whatnot. And at some point, God said to me, if you'll give these people what you got, I'll give you what you're believing, God, what believing me for. Wow. 
So I took every bit of um, creativity, every bit of style, every bit of swag. See, I know there are stylish people in this room. I know there's people in this room that got it going on. But how come it's not represented here at City? How come it's not represented here at City? The city should have everything that it needs because the caliber of people that's in this room. Mm -hmm. Now, your house is dope, but why God house ain't dope? Amen. Yep. Yep. Play softly so it goes down easy. No, <laughs> <laughs> when we began to do the, when we, I took all of me. And one of the things about God is you're not going to be able to give him 80%. God doesn't work that way. No. You can't give him 99.5%. You got to give God 100%. And God knows when you're doing your best. I may not know. You may walk up here and give $1,000, and I may think, man, you just killed it. And God will look at you and say, nope, sir, that ain't, what, that, that ain't your best. See, I began to give, give up and just say, God, not my will, let your will be done. Yeah. I began to give my church, give that church its all. It blew up and became a 20,000-member church. The pastors became mega and celebrity pastors and whatnot. And just about that time when I thought it was good, it was great, and it was booming, God said to me, it's time for you to leave. What you talking about? I got this four-bedroom home, this corner lot, yeah. <laughs> the BMW. Remember I told you about the BMW? The BMW. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. This is, this is straight. And God says, your time is up. And that's when I ended up getting my first record deal. That's when I ended up moving to uh, Los Angeles, California. And then that's when movies and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, give God a hand praise on that. That's <laughs> so you made it. And we're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna Pull this to, to an end for a second. But let's go through a time you made it. Change is out. Uh, you are doing your, you're moving into, uh, I met you around the fourth or fifth album, a CD. And then two or three more later, you get to your seventh, and you're done. Mm. You're tapped out. Mm. You're going back to producing. You're going to write. The Jonas Brothers called you. <laughs> and you start working with the Jonas Brothers and doing some other things like that. You pulled away from music. You were pastor in your church, and then grace. Yeah. How did we get to grace? Well, well, the first thing I want to say is well, when I came to uh, L.A., um, I drove from Florida. True story. I sold my house, and whatever I couldn't pack, I uh, gave away. There's a pattern here, you'll notice. Remember the 17-year-old boy <laughs> stepping out? So when God calls you to greatness, it's going to always be seasons of faith that you're going to yeah. have to walk so get used to that. Yeah. And if you can get used to that, you, you won't have a problem with being absolutely successful. You have a, so when God says drop it, drop it, keep moving, keep, keep with the same pattern that got, got you, you know, the, right. each level. And, uh, and I came and lived in Holiday Inn on Ventura Boulevard. I didn't even know anything about L.A. Uh, in Studio City. And, uh, and this is back in the day before Wi-Fi. So I literally took a, 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 the, the phone plug. Remember AOL? You had to pay for email. And I put that... And that's how I started kind of trying to find an apartment, everything, all right. Uh, and then I find a house and, and everything moves on. And then, like you said, fast forward, I do all this stuff. I got to a place to where I got to a dry season. And I thought that it was, uh, you know, the, the music, everybody else is singing, everybody else is doing stuff. You know, there are a lot of new people coming on the scene. There's nothing else that God needs from me. But I ended up getting asked to go do a tour in Jerusalem uh, with Matt and Lori Crouch, with Joseph Prince. That's a big pastor from Singapore. Uh, David and Nicole Binion, another great uh, group of singers. And while I'm standing at the King David Hotel in Old City, Jerusalem, mm -hmm. I started getting awake, woken up every night with full-blown songs. Wow. All the songs were on grace. Wow. Grace, you gave me grace, grace beyond measure. Grace with much favor, you gave me grace. 
Unlimited grace, I live for your glory. Strength for my story. Unlimited grace. I'm just hearing all these songs. And I begin to write them and sing them in my uh, voicemail. By the time I got back to America, I had uh, a full album. And I knew at that point uh, that it was time to go back uh, in the studio. Now, I didn't go back in the studio uh, because it was, time, it was a career move. I went back in the studio because I had something to give. Yeah. And I think that's something to really pay attention to, mm -hmm. is if you ain't got nothing to say, shut up. Amen. 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 But when it's time to speak, speak up. It took a lot of faith to, and we thank God for that because Grace is the song that you know, it, it's doing most yeah. in the album. They're about four. It charted the most. Yeah, let's see. On, on this album, Grace, you got Grace that's doing amazing. Um, right now with Ty Trivet is doing amazing. Um, you Lift Me Up with Christina Bell is yeah, doing amazing. Song. Listen, it's, it's crazy. The truth is on It's My Hallelujah. Uh, Jehovah with the African Children's Choir. Yeah. That stuff is it's amazing, absolutely amazing. So it's not just a plug for this. All of this is, is running on your Christian Christian radio right now, and uh, it, and I wasn't it, gonna do it, and you weren't gonna do it, you weren't gonna do it, and it topped the charts at number eight. That's really amazing, amen. <laughs> topped the charts at number eight. Stellar award nominee. Uh, we we tried to do our part here at the church to get you to nod. Thank we you. got to vote for you, so we're you. really really grateful for you. Talk about the now season that you're in. Share a little bit about the church. Share a little bit about what God is saying. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask the brothers to come and move this table because I want you to share with us for about five minutes. Worship team, I want you to come because he's going to bless us with grace. And, uh, and the floor is yours, sir. Okay, thank you. Amen. Let's say amen for Pastor. Okay. Come on, give God a hand. Praise for praise Pastor Javen. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to sing grace because uh, I feel like I want to pray. Uh, but but y'all come on because we're just going to worship the Lord. Um, what I just want to say in closing, because I told you I don't like to be in church long. Amen. <laughs> what I want to say in closing to you is that the Bible says that uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I want you to know the Bible says that in Galatians that the gift of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, one of those gifts is faith. Everybody say faith. When you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have the gift of faith inside of you. One of the things I want you to understand is that the gift of God is permanent. Everybody say it's permanent. It's given to you by God. It's in you by God. And so, therefore, it can't go nowhere. The reason why I'm saying this to you now is because, like I said, some days you will not feel anything. Some days it will look bleak, but know that it's inside of you. I gave this analogy in the first service. I want to give it to you. I received this Apple Watch last year around this time for my birthday. My birthday is in July. And when I got this Apple Watch, my friends tried to tell me, hey, listen, Jay, you can do all kinds of stuff with this Apple Watch, you know, this, that, and the other. And they were talking, but it was like, wah, 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 wah. All I knew was I got a watch. So I slapped the watch on. I did like many of us, and I went on about my business. I'm embarrassed to tell you that a year later, the only thing I could do with my Apple Watch is tell the time. <laughs> a young person in my church the other day walked up to me and said, Pastor, link your, your watch up with mine so that I know when you work out and we can do our workout together and that kind of thing. I said, that watch can do it? She said, yeah. Somebody else told me, you know, you can control your home theater with your watch. I said, you can? Somebody said, you can order food off your Apple Watch. You can call, you can text all the stuff off your Apple Watch. And here I was just telling time. 
The thing that I think that many of us forget, I was trying to tell them, the Bible says to every man is given a measure of faith. But for some reason, we think some people have greater faith than we do. The pastor does not have more, more faith than you do. We all have, everybody say the same measure. I was telling them how I like to go to Chipotle. And I always try to distract whoever's putting the chicken in the burrito to see if they could possibly give me a little bit more chicken. But no matter how much I try to distract them, I always get the same amount of chicken. Same scoop. Now, I know you can pay for more chicken, but I'm too cheap. Come on here. Give me a hair right there. But it's the same scoop. And I found out they got a system to where they give everybody the same measure. I don't care what side of the tracks you were born in. I don't care if you're black or white or Spanish. I don't care if you're educated or uneducated. I don't care if you can sing or can't sing talent or talentless. God has given all of us that same... <laughs> same school so then why does Jesus say to one oh ye of little faith and others great faith great question I'm glad you asked what he was responding to is the action of their response to the measure that they were given they all were given the same measure but different people responded different ways it's funny that Peter could walk on water and sink at the same time at one point he's activating great faith the next point he's not utilizing all of his faith and therefore he begins to sink Every person in here has an opportunity to activate all your faith or you can only activate some of it. If I were you, I would stop wasting my faith and I would begin to activate all of it and utilize it for the glory of God in my now season. I take you back to the Apple Watch and then we pray. When I began to understand that all of these things were on my Apple Watch, I then began to say, why don't you have all of these active? Why can't you do all the stuff for the Apple Watch? Well, the reason is I never took out time to read the manual. The reason is I'm just straight up lazy and just don't have the patience to deal with the idea of doing technology with the Apple Watch. The reason is I feel like I may not be that educated to be able to understand the technology. It might be too much for me. But don't judge me because some of you today are, we are unwilling to read the word of God to begin to understand who you are and the manual for the life that God has given you. Some of you feel like you don't have the technical ability to get into all this spiritual stuff that only the spiritual people can do it. But God says to you today that if you would just walk in faith and begin to open up the manual and begin to read it, take out a little time to understand it, you'll begin to extrapolate all the great things that are on the inside of you because faith starts with the God in you you don't need it from somebody else you already got it I told you to say it earlier I want you to say it again say I already got it so I don't want you to pray for something you already got you don't need more faith I don't do I need another watch do I need it I ask you a question do I need another watch if I want to do all the different things that the young people was telling me do I need to go grab another Apple watch no what do I need to do Read the manual. Use the one I got. I want to tell you today, begin to work the faith you got and you'll see extraordinary things in your life. Final thing I want to say is faith is for the things you can't see. Faith is for the things you don't have. Faith is for the stuff that is impossible for you to do on your own. Don't believe God for stuff that you already got. And don't get afraid or are scared <laughs> if you don't see some things happening in your life put your faith on it look for the empty spots in your life put your faith on it 
Look for the empty rooms in your house. Put your faith on it. Look for the empty resources in your life. Put your faith on it. Stop putting your faith and start, let's do it like a, like a parked car. Stop driving around looking for parking spaces where there's a car already in it. Drive around and find a parking space where there's nothing and then drive your faith right there. And park it and don't let go until you see it manifest in your life. If you're in here today, say, Pastor, I want my faith to go to a whole new level. There's some things I know God wants to do and needs to do in my life. That I'm a little tired, a little weary, and just be honest with you, I'm just not sure it's going to happen for me. But something you said, something that was said in our master class today inspired you. And don't lie in church. You know it did. It hit you. Talk to you. Why don't you stand to your feet? I just want to pray with you. I want to believe God. And if I were you, I wouldn't worry about nobody around me. It's personal. It's personal. It's serious. And I believe in a little service like this, you can find some supernatural things that are happening for your life. We're getting ready to walk into the seventh month of the year. That means we got six more months left in 2019. If I were you, I wouldn't wait for 2020. I would grab some stuff right here in 2019. I know we've gone over a little bit of time, but I want you to do me a favor. I want, to, I want you to make your, I want you to come down to the altar. Just make your way down. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. It's not going to be nothing dramatic. I just want you to walk down to the altar. It's your first step of faith. This is what you call activating your faith. Because faith without works is dead. And just make your way around, uh, around the altar. Get as close as you can. Get as close as you can. Get as close as you can. Come close. Come close. And you'll just lift your hands and you'll go into a time of prayer. I just want you to begin to pray. See? It's personal. Come closer, guys. Don't ever be afraid to come to the altar. The altar doesn't mean something's wrong with you. The altar means you got to get to that next level. God, I just thank you. I just praise you. God just said the first step you just took was your first step of faith. Hallelujah. And that's your journey. This begins the journey to that next level. This begins the journey to that next season in your life. This begins that next step and that season of saying, you know what? I'm not going to stay where I'm at. Come on, just begin to lift your hands and just begin to open your heart. And the Holy Spirit.